Welcome back to Late Night Murder. Thanks for joining us for part two. We're your hosts. I'm Nicole. And I'm Chase. And let's pick up where we left off. Yeah, let's do it. Um, um, uh... You need to know what happens? Yes, I do. Just a trigger warning before we get back into this case, in case you haven't heard the first part of this, I suggest you do so, just to be up to date on where we are in this story. But this episode does include descriptions of murder, eating disorders, body dysmorphia, drug abuse, as well as suicidal ideation. we had left off is Tyler had just killed his parents and then needed to clean up the house before the party started. Oh my god, what a crazy way to start an episode. Mm-hmm. Is there a less crazy way to start this, though? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. No. All right, so sometime during cleaning up the house, that is a crime scene, uh, Tyler posts to Facebook that he's definitely having a party at his house that night. This is what he said. So at 1.15 p.m., so before the murders, because the murders happened around 5 o'clock, Tyler had posted, quote, party at my crib tonight, dot, 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 maybe, end quote. No one was convinced by this. His friends, his Facebook friends were posting on there like, are you sure? I don't know if you're really going to do it. Those sorts of things. Oh, my God. So they all do like... it as in actually have a party, because what he oh. had told his friends is that his parents are super strict. They will never let him have a party. Things like that. Okay, except for that Matt guy, right? Like, he knew the... I mean, he is. He had told people, but they all thought he was joking. Right, but he knew that this was the, the party was because of this. I don't think anyone knew that he was going to actually kill his parents. I think the friend thought that he was just going to, like, rebel and throw a party. That Matt guy? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I thought that he knew, like... Tyler had told him he was going to kill his parents. Well, he probably did tell him, but I don't know if Matt believed him. Yeah, but I thought Matt was saying, do it, like, today. Do it right now. Like, that type of deal. Maybe. I, I never got clarification, so. Oh, my God. You left me hanging on that until now? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. I, I mean, that could be how he took it, but I'm not sure. I don't know. You surely didn't say that when I brought it up in the last episode, so... I like when you sit on your the edge of your seat. I don't. <laughs> so like I said, no one was really convinced that Tyler was going to have this party. However, at 8.15 p.m. after the murders, Tyler posts another message to his wall that says, quote, party at my house, HMU, end quote. Okay. Which HMU means hit me up. Right. Still, his friends remain doubtful that this would actually happen. Ashley Hayes a friend on his Facebook messaged and said, who, what, what, what if your parents come home? Tyler replies, quote, they won't, trust me, end quote. Oh. Yeah, so the party's set to start around 10 p.m., and Tyler has a little bit of time after he cleaned up. Uh, he takes his parents' credit cards and heads to the bank where he withdraws something around $5,000 from their accounts. He then takes this money and uses it to purchase party supplies, a.k.a. drugs, liquor, beer, solo cups, ping pong balls, party supplies. 
that's that's crazy. I'm surprised. I mean, I guess if you knew the thing, you could do that at the bank. They won't question you. Yeah. It's the ATM, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, he could have been on his parents' accounts too, like as a user. <clears throat> so Tyler even picks up a few friends on his way back to the house for the party. Let's go over Tyler's outfit for the night. Okay. So he's wearing a long black t-shirt, black Dickies pants, mm -hmm. and black Nike Air Force high top sneakers. So he's just blacked out. Yep. Uh, so the party gets on. It starts rolling. Uh, anywhere from 60 to 100 people show up for this party. Wow. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the party was set to start around 10. That's when the first friend, the first party goers show up. Okay. And but I mean, like, it's... The, the cops are going to come. Like, this is how he gets caught is the cops come. And they're like, hey, where are your fucking parents? Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. I don't know. That's just dumb. I don't know. We'll get there. So like I said, I mean, this isn't like a mansion type house either. It's a normal. That's rambler. a shitload of people. Yeah. It's a fuck ton of people. God, I feel like it, at our house when we have 15 people here, it's like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Some people who were at the party did ask Tyler where his parents were, and he would just come up with different stories. Most of them were to the effect of, oh, they're out of town, don't worry, they won't be back, that sort of thing. Okay. He had told one person, oh, they're at Disneyland, or, oh, they're in f visiting my grandparents, they're yada yada. Okay. So people at the party said that Tyler had seemed very anxious throughout the whole night, and it was clear that he was rolling, because remember, he had taken three taps of ecstasy. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know how long ecstasy lasts in your system, do you? No, no, I don't. I'll consult, I'll consult Google real quick. I swear, anybody looks at your search history, it's going to be very interesting. Okay. Which he took three of them. Mm -hmm. So plenty of people at the party said it was obvious he was rolling. Uh, witnesses say that his eyes were super large. He had expanded pupils, and that Tyler, I guess, kept rubbing his hands together and, like, clenching his fists like he was nervous the entire night. Hmm. And he was adding alcohol on top of this. He was actually drinking gin that night. Yeah, I mean, that would do it. Yeah. At the beginning of the party, Tyler had set some rock-hard rules that were not to be broken during the party, such as things like, quote, I don't want no one smoking inside. It's my parents' house, end quote. Mm-hmm. His parents are dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's be, like trying to be smart to like. I don't know. And it could also be that like your brain isn't fully set. And well, there's clearly something wrong. Yeah. Matured till 25. So maybe he's having that battle of, oh, it's still my parents' house. Oh, they're actually dead and they're not. It's not their house anymore. That sort of struggle going on in his head too. Yeah. Well, there's clearly some sort of issue. Mm -hmm. Having, I mean, he had just killed both his parents. With a hammer. So uh, there's something not right anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's like a normal development sort of thought process. Plus, I mean, even if you were the one just to kill him, maybe you grieve? I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, the other rule was that no one was allowed in his parents' bedroom under any circumstances. Okay, that's an obvious rule for obvious reasons, I would imagine. I bet you can guess why. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it was actually such a big party that not many people actually knew Tyler. They had just heard of him. 
It was mm. kind of one of those that you see in the movies. Yeah. I don't I didn't go to house parties. I've been to a couple. Did you ever go to one that was so big you didn't even know who was throwing it? Yes. Okay. So yep. think of that type of gigantic I have, party. I have ended up at, at one of those, yeah. Okay. Uh, there was actually one kid who went to the party. His name was Mike Young. He showed up to the party with 10 or so of his friends. Okay, so people are bringing people. It's just It's a gigantic it's into a massive free for all Project X size party type thing. Right. In a normal sized suburban home. Yes. Just by his name, can you guess what kind of kid Mike was in high school? Despite his name? No, with his name. If you were to think of a kid named Mike Young, what would you picture? This is just out of curiosity. I don't know, a sporty kid? Yeah, exactly. He was a popular athletic kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, like his name fit him perfectly sort of thing. Which the only reason I bring that up is he's the exact opposite of what Tyler was in school. God. But I mean, those kids were still coming to the party. Like They were coming to party, not to hang out with Tyler sort of thing, you know? Right. Party was going off without a hitch. Tyler didn't really seem concerned with the destruction of his home other than with the noise. Because, you know, if the neighbors get alarmed, they're going to call the police. They're going to get alarmed. There's no way. You're not having a, like a quiet gathering with 60 to 70 people. 60 to 100. 60 to 100 yeah. people? Yeah. You're not. It's not going to be quiet. Yeah. That's a small concert venue. Mm-hmm. So at some point during the party, Tyler says to no one in particular, just, quote, actually, just stay in the house. You can smoke inside. I don't care, end quote. Mm-hmm. And again, that's probably just to keep neighbors from calling and seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. So this party, obviously, with that many kids and everything, gets out of hand entirely. Um, there were kids playing beer pong on the dining room table. There were kids draping themselves over the couches as they were rolling on whatever types of drugs were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids were scavenging for food through the cabinets in the kitchen, just leaving shit on the counters. Yeah. Uh, they were even putting cigarettes out on the rug when they were done smoking them. They just ash them out on the rug. Man, that would piss me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, when bottles would break, like onto the floor of liquor, or beer, whatever it was, kids were just laughing about it. Good it's Lord. just a no bars held party. Uh, they were tossing empty beer cans out onto the front lawn. They were hanging out all around the house, inside and out. I mean. You can only fit so many people inside this house. Yeah. How are you going to control that amount of people anyway? Especially with them being teenagers, drunk right. teenagers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all of that is happening. Um, I did have to note that they're playing beer pong with the beer in the cups, too. Gross. That'll come into play in a second. So okay. just So at around 12.30 a.m., Now we're technically on to July 17th, but none of them have gone to sleep, so I'm just, it's still the same night. Mm -hmm. The party was actually running out of beer, so Tyler asked the designated 21-year-old and his girlfriend to drive him to the gas station that was a block away to get more beer. Because, you know, when you're underage and you're having a house party, you have that designated old enough adult to go buy alcohol. Yep, no, I, I would never do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Nope, nothing. Nobody popped into your head when you said that just when I said that just now. Absolutely not. <laughs> Did I do it? Yes. Do I condone it? No. Exactly. 
So the designated 21-year-old and his girlfriend drive Tyler to the gas station to get more beer. Um, the 21-year-old goes inside the gas station to buy the beer. Tyler gives him a wad of 20 bills and asks him to buy four cases of Bush Light. Okay. And so while they waited, while the girlfriend and Tyler waited in the car for him to get back with the beer, Tyler mentioned to the girlfriend that his father had died. And Ash and the girlfriend didn't really know him all that well. So she just assumed that he meant his father had passed a long time ago. Right. Like any normal person would think. Mm Mm-hmm. So Ashley was just like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Just regular condolences. Uh-huh. So then after getting the beer, they go back to the house. The kids at the party were playing water pong at that point because they had run out of beer. Mm-hmm. So a couple other crazy things that were happening at this party is one boy was walking around with a baggie of round white pills, selling them for a dollar a piece. Another was walking around selling marijuana to anyone who would want it. Mm-hmm. At one point, there was a kid who took his shirt off, ran out of the house screaming, and returned holding a mailbox over his head and screamed, Woo! Oh, my God. Yeah. That's nutty. So Tyler says, quote, Where the fuck did you get that? End quote. Yeah. And the kid goes, quote, I took it off the neighbor's lawn. Screaming this whole time. And the boy was wheeling around the living room with the mailbox, knocking beer bottles to the floor, just going fucking insane. Uh-huh. And Tyler started yelling. He said, quote, stealing a mailbox was a felony, and the police are going to come. You need to go put it back, end quote. Yeah, no shit. So someone took the mailbox from the house and returned it to the street. When are the cops coming? <laughs> I'm calling them. Like, when <laughs> when are they coming? The night is young. It's not even 1 a.m. yet. I cannot believe it has gone on this long. So Do, it started at around you imagine, 10. Like, there's no way So th- w- where I grew up that that would happen. I know. Not a chance oh, it would I know. go on for more than, like, 45 minutes. Yeah, it's going on around three hours. But we are also in Florida when this, t- like, this is in Florida. I don't know. That just seems, uh, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Especially considering the fact that I'm quite sure this is not a weekly occurrence at that residence. It is a suburban neighborhood, Like these people, I'm sure, you know, they know them. They're Mm -hmm. not like, oh, wow, that's just another blowout at their house. Mm -hmm. Like every other week. Like this is crazy that it's gone on this long. The neighbors do start getting concerned about that a little later on, but not quite yet. There was one party goer who noticed that the door to the master bedroom was closed. And he assumed that there were people going inside there and getting high. So he tried to go in, but the door was locked. Okay. It was dark in that part of the house because no one was supposed to be over there. Uh, But he did notice like a black smear about a foot long that ran beneath the door. He said that it looked like an oil-based paint that someone had tried to unsuccessfully wipe away. Yeah. Okay. During this time, there was a game of beer pong. Uh, The ball had been overshot, bounced onto the floor, and rolled underneath a table where it actually got stuck in this sticky, thick brown substance that was under the table in the living room. Uh Or dining room, excuse me. One of the players was a little grossed out because some brown, sticky shit on the floor. Didn't think much of it, carried the ball over to the kitchen sink, rinsed it under the faucet, and then they resumed the game. 
Yeah, well, you're not thinking about that type of thing. I know. They don't know what we know at this point. Right. Do you remember when I said they were drinking from the beer cups? Yeah. Yeah, that's disgusting. Uh-huh. I can't get over th- that part. Just, mm. Yeah. I can't do that. Now it's about 1 a.m. Tyler pulls his best friend, Michael Mandela, aside and asks if they can go outside on a walk. Michael okay. says, yeah, sure. Totally fine. Oh, God. Is he going to tell him? During this walk, Tyler confesses that he had bludgeoned his parents with a hammer. He says, quote, I killed my parents, end quote. And as one does when their best friend says this, like out of shock and disbelief, Michael's like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's either yeah, right, or what the fuck, Mm -hmm. or you're drunk, something. Yeah, like shut up, you're just joking around, that sort of thing. Ha ha, very funny. Mm Mm-hmm. So Tyler says, quote, Michael, I'm being real. I'm not lying to you. If you look closely enough, you can see the signs. And he tells Michael to look in the driveway. Michael sees that the two cars closest to the garage are a black Toyota Tacoma that belonged to Tyler's dad, Blake, and his mom's red Ford Expedition. Tyler's parents weren't home. Why are their cars there? Right. So remember, he had been telling everybody that they had gone on vacation. They had driven somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. So Michael still doesn't believe it. He's like, oh, they, they took a taxi. Like, someone came and picked him up, that sort of thing. Right. So Tyler tells him to go look inside the garage. After making sure that nobody is watching, Michael slips into the garage, turns on the light, and he sees a bloody shoe print in the garage. Oh, God. So he immediately retreats, shuts the garage door, gets the fuck out of there. You're damn right. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Michael's like, what is that? What the fuck is that? So Tyler takes him back into the garage. And there was a door in the garage that led to the master bedroom. So Tyler opens the master bedroom door, turns on the light. Inside this master bedroom, Michael sees piles of random house shit, like books, blankets, chairs, random shit from around the house stacked on top of Tyler's parents' bed. Mm-hmm. And there's blood everywhere. There's blood on the floor. There's blood on the sheets. And then as Michael's trying to take all this in and f- process what is happening, he sees human legs sticking out from beneath a pile of the items on the bed. Michael realizes that it has to be Blake legs because of the shorts that were attached to the legs. Mm-hmm. So after being shown this, what do you think you would do? Oh, I'm getting the fuck out of there. I'm not hanging around. That... that- Step one is get my ass out of there, and then I'm calling the cops for mm-hmm. sure. So that is not what happens here. Okay. So Michael and Tyler, after seeing this, they return to the party and actually take a selfie together. What? Mm-hmm. Let me show you real quick. Is he nuts too? No. Well, I'll tell you the reason in a second. Okay. So this is the picture. So Tyler is the one holding the orange cup. And then Michael, the friend, is on the side. You can tell that he's disturbed by something. No doubt, yeah. He's got shit going on in his brain pan right there. Definitely. And then that is what Tyler looks like. So when asked why Michael did this and he didn't just get the fuck out of there and leave, he said that he took this photo with his lifelong friend since childhood, believing that this was going to be the last time he would ever see him. Hmm. That's an interesting thing to say. Mm Mm-hmm. So like we had said, when you looked at the picture, they both look really solemn and like both of their minds are elsewhere. That's interesting. 
Uh-huh. Okay. So then what? So... <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't I can't wait. I'm like, let's get I know. <laughs> I know. Let's get these damn cops at this house. Let's do something here. Mm-hmm. So because teenagers are not good at keeping secrets and your brain is literal scrambled eggs after you see something like that, I bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumors start going around the party that Tyler had actually killed his parents and they were inside the house. Yeah. Around No two, one has called the cops. Around 2 a.m., as this party is still going on, four hours later, a neighbor finally gets fed up. Yeah. Uh, this is actually the neighbor that would pay Tyler to watch her house when she would go out of town. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's 2 a.m., she couldn't understand why Tyler was throwing such a noisy party or why his parents would even allow it. No shit. I'm such an old man. I was like already ready to call the cops. I know. Jeez. I know. So when a group of boys from the party drifted their cars onto her front lawn and began peering into her windows, she calls the police. That was like the straw that breaks the camel's back for her. That's the last straw? That's the last straw. I get pissed if my neighbors sneeze too loudly. I know. We'll be trying to record and someone will be like playing a guitar or something and you'll yell at them to shut up. They can't hear you, but you'll yell at them. I don't like that shit. I don't know. Two officers from the Port St. Lucie Police Department arrive at the Hadley residence within minutes of this phone call taking place. Mm -hmm. By that point, there's about fewer than 20 people left at the party because the neighbor came out and was like, I'm calling the police, yada, yada. Yeah. And there had also been another Facebook page, Facebook post rumor thing going around that there was an even bigger party at a house a couple of blocks away. So they all left to do that, to go there. And that's when they had drifted on her lawn. Yeah. I mean, like teen- teenagers are like like cockroaches when you turn the light on. You know, when the cops come, they all just scatter. Exactly. So when the officers rang the doorbell, Tyler tells everyone to shut up and go hide in his room. And then he goes and opens the door for police. Mm-hmm. The cops explain that there had been noise complaints. Tyler talks to him for a few minutes and is like, oh, I'm really sorry. Yes, I did have a party, but we're winding down. There's no one left. There's like two cars here. I just have a couple buddies spending the night because, you know, you pack so many teenagers into a car. It should be physically impossible. Right. Um, so the cops leave and the party starts again. No freaking way. Yep. You are shitting me. Nope. And then by this time, the rumor that there had been another party at the other place, all these drunk, rolling kids show up at this girl's house. She comes out in her pajamas and is like, this is a lie. I'm not having a party. Go the fuck away. Okay. So they all go on to- They go back? Some go back. Some go on to do other things throughout the night, like go hang out at the beach- Go do other things, whatever they want to do. And the party goes on and on, and then it slowly does start to die down. Around 3 a.m., there's only just a handful of kids left. This kid, Ryan's Stonecipher, is one of the last kids to leave. He leaves right at 3 a.m. He says he saw Tyler making himself a sandwich in the dark. Because when the cops had left that first time, Tyler had turned all the lights off. To avoid attracting any more attention. Because he had said, oh, the party's over. Like, yeah, we're done. Got it. Sort of thing. So around this time when Ryan's leaving the house around 3 a.m., Michael had left. The friend who had seen the master bedroom and everything. He 
finally gets up the nerve and calls the Crime Stoppers anonymous tip line and reports everything. He says what Tyler had told him. He says what Tyler had shown him. He tells him Tyler's name and address, but he leaves his name out of it. Okay. So officers Adrian Zamoyski and Charles Green are dispatched to the Hadley residence at 371 Northeast Grander Avenue at 4.32 a.m. At 4.40 a.m., Tyler posts a message to his Facebook wall. Mm-hmm. Quote, party at my house again, HMU, end quote, for the next day. Oh, okay. Like he's planning on having another big blowout the next day. Oh, my God. Like they're all going to go home, sleep during the day, come back to Tyler's party again. Like he's got money to blow. Right. And this is about when police arrive at the house. The only cars in the driveway are registered to Tyler, Mary Jo, and Blake. So it's just the two cars we had talked about as well as Tyler's Lincoln. So as these two officers walk up the driveway, they hear someone talking inside of the house. Officer Green saw that through the front bay window of the house, there was a shadow of a person walking back and forth along like the length of the house, what they could see through the window. All right. Officer Green then knelt by the window and like tried to peer through the blinds. He saw that Tyler was pacing across the living room talking to himself with a, quote, very disturbing look on his face, end quote. Green would later write in his police report, quote, his eyes were very wide and he was not blinking, end quote. Oh, my God. He's got to be on more drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, just a shitload of drugs. And he's been drinking, like liquor. I couldn't find anything that said he had actually drank beer, but he had been drinking gin throughout the night. Ugh, Okay. Officer Green had also observed Tyler grabbing a stack of books from a bookshelf near the front door, marching them into the back bedroom, and then coming back out to the front room. After saying something unintelligible, like they couldn't figure out what he had said, he dumps the books on the floor in the bedroom, quote, in a frantic manner, end quote. Tyler repeats this series of events, like coming out to the front room, grabbing some shit, going back to the bedroom, dropping it off frantically, coming back out two more times. And then so finally, Officer Green knocks on the front door and rings the doorbell. There's no answer immediately, but Green could see Tyler through the window, and then all the lights in the house go off, the ones that are left on. All the lights get turned off. Mm -hmm. Tyler opens the door at that point after the lights are off. Okay. Tyler's wearing the black shirt from earlier, a pair of black shorts. His left hand was hidden behind his back. Okay. The officers, thinking that Tyler may have a weapon, especially going off the tip that Michael had made. Of course. They order him to put his hands up, step out of the house. They drew their weapons. Tyler complies with everything. The officers check him for weapons, and then they order him to the ground and handcuff him. All right. They ask whether any adults were home, and Tyler says no. The officers will later state that Tyler seemed very frantic, incoherent, and annoyed. And that his pupils are very large. So he's still on oh, he's something. he's definitely on something, yeah. Yeah. And then as they're putting Tyler in the car, he says to Officer Green, quote, I know I'm going to Rock Road, end quote. Which Rock Road is the slang term in that area for the St. Lucie County Jail. Okay. And Tyler says, quote, so just take me, end quote. Good, yeah, take him down there. Well, they don't have any reason to do so yet. Mm-hmm. They haven't been in the house. So leaving Tyler shackled... Uh, the officers enter the house. As they're going in, Tyler shouts, quote, you can't go in there. Don't go in there, end quote. 
As they get in there, they immediately see that there's empty beer bottles, red plastic solo cups are everywhere, they're on the counters, the floors, there's pots and pans all over the counter. They see that Tyler's bedroom floor is littered with unraveled cigars, like they had just been unraveling them during the party. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't know, when you're on drugs, things feel different, so maybe they thought it felt really good. Or really cool or something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. So on Tyler's bed alone, there were about 50 empty beer bottles as well as a woman's purse. Okay. And this is just kind of the rooms the officers are encountering as they're walking through the home. Yeah. Uh, Next up is Ryan's room, Tyler's brother's room. Mm -hmm. The furniture in there is all turned over. The floor is covered with clothing and bedding. It kind of seems that... It just looks like someone completely ransacked that bedroom. Right. So what I hadn't told you before, because I didn't want you to hyperfixate on it, is that the Hadleys were dog people. No. They had a black Labrador and an elderly beagle who was half blind and deaf. Okay. As officers are going through Ryan's bedroom, they find Sophie, who's the black Labrador, locked inside of a closet, but she is safe. Okay. They also find the beagle, who is half blind and deaf, underneath the bed in Ryan's room. So they are both safe and okay. Oh, Jesus. That's why I didn't want to tell you yet. Oh, man. God dang. Fuck. I hate that shit so bad. I know. I'm glad they're okay. Fuck. I know. I was like, God damn it. What do you do to the fucking dogs? I know. I was like, if I leave that in part one, you're not going to stick around for part two. Yeah, you probably, yeah. Oh, Okay. It's horrific enough. I'm glad that it's there's not animal abuse in here, too. Mm-hmm. So am I. So the cops pass through the kitchen and then approach the master bedroom. Like before the door is locked, the officers notice streaks of dried blood on the frame and baseboards, so they force the knob and open the door. Right. The officers observe that the bedroom had what appeared to be every item of furniture from the rest of the house scattered onto it. There were dining room chairs, there was a coffee table, picture frames, clothing, bedding, towels, books. Just everything. One of the officers, the affidavit didn't specify which one, he removed two of the dining room chairs out of the way so he could step foot into the room to check and Mm -hmm. see what was going on in that room. When he did this, however, he saw that he had uncovered a human leg Mm-hmm. So when he leaned down to touch it to see if it was warm or anything like that, it was cold to the touch. Terrible. Which makes sense, though. At this point, they had been dead for 12 hours, roughly. Mm-hmm. At this point, this is when they called for emergency medical backup. Uh, the officer was then able to get on top of the bed to check the closet and bathroom that were connected to the room. Mm-hmm. As the officer is looking through everything, he doesn't see anything in the closet or the bathroom but he notices that by the back door there's like a huge pile of stuff like extra things piled up right there so the officer goes over there removes a calendar that's on top of a pile and sees a person's elbow when he removes the calendar oh god and i mean it wasn't a big bedroom like the bed took up most of the space in the room so when they're moving these piles of things it's the piles were as tall as the bed was Mm mm-hmm And then, like, the elbow was hanging off the bed sort of thing. Okay. So then as they were clearing everything and backup arrived and they were clearing things out of the room, they found that Blake and Mary Jo were both lying face down side by side and had towels wrapped around their heads as they were laying on the bed. Uh Uh-huh. And then they didn't have to 
look very hard for the murder weapon. The hammer was actually placed in between both of them on the bed. Okay. So let's go to what everybody's saying after the party. Okay. So on the morning after the party, the news of Tyler's arrest spreads pretty rapidly among the teenagers who had attended the party. Right. Uh, Mike Young, remember the athletic kid? Mm Mm-hmm. Him and his friends had just returned from the night's activities. Because after the party, they just went to the beach and went to go drink more and hang out sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So as they get home, their phones start buzzing about the news of Tyler's arrest and how his dead parents' bodies were in the home the entire time all those kids were in there. Yeah. And what Mike has to say about the whole thing, he says, quote, I was like, damn, brother. That's creepy as hell. I can't believe we partied last night where there were dead people, end quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no shit. Right? Yep. I can't even imagine. No, that's... How do you react to that? I don't know. A 16-year-old cheerleader who was there says, quote, I wasn't upset when I heard. I wasn't scared or disgusted. It's not like I knew him personally. I was just in awe, end quote. <laughs> what the fuck? That's a weird one. I right? don't know. I mean, I guess I'd give it an old, uh, what the fuck? type yeah reaction you know what i mean i mean i don't think if I, I would... like if it wasn't my best friend i would be like holy shit that was nuts what the hell mm-hmm. you know but you yeah. wouldn't i guess you wouldn't be like oh i didn't know he wasn't capable of that or i don't know it sounded don't a, very insensitive i suppose it, yeah. it's just that's yeah when one attendee found out about the murders and the party he thought quote wow I just went to the party of a lifetime. It's messed up what he did, but 20 years from now, I'll be able to say I was there. I hate Port St. Lucie, but that's kind of cool. End quote. That's kind of cool? That he was there. He gets, like, 20 years down the road, he gets to go, Hey, did you ever hear about that, uh, that party that happened where the parents were dead in the bedroom? I was there. That's fucking weird. That's weird. This We should check this guy out. <laughs> Someone should <laughs> be keeping tabs on this one. a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, then again, you are a teenager, so you yeah, teenage brain, you know. Yeah, I'm sure that if uh, you reached out to him now, he would probably be like, "That's I did, I'm I'm not happy about it." You yeah, know, that was really fucking weird or something. You know what I mean? So the funeral service for Mary Jo and Blake were attended by nearly a thousand people because of all this media coverage that had happened. Mm-hmm. But I did want to say that the family did an amazing job, like, coordinating everything while getting harassed and everything by the press and trying to figure out what had happened and things like that. Yeah. Like all the nosy Nellies, you know? Mm-hmm. So Ryan, who was 23, who was away at college, had planned to return to Point St. Lucie after graduating from college to work alongside his father at the power plant. So obviously he came back for all of this. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. So at the funeral, he was asked by press what he was going to do now. He mentioned that he was going to go to St. Lucie County and go visit his brother that night of the funeral. He said it was going to be the first time he had seen Tyler since the murders. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, it's what my parents would want me to do. They wouldn't want me to abandon him. I don't know what I'm going to say. I'll probably just sit there and cry, end quote. God. Your younger brother. Even after all that, you're still like, I'm going to go support him in one way or another. It's like, fuck, dude. 
Ugh. That just shows you how much that family really did care for him, though. Mm-hmm. With all of this, Tyler is charged with two counts of first-degree murder with premeditation. Mm-hmm. They have the Facebook messages, the text, the conversations, the witness statements, all saying that he's going to kill his parents. Yeah, right. Yep, they have that. They've got the murder weapon. They got the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He puts in a no-contest plea to this. And what that is, it's where you don't say if you're guilty or not guilty. You just say, this is what I'm charged with, okay. pretty much. Yeah. So in Florida, this sentence carries life in prison with no possibility of parole. Mm-hmm. It is defined as a capital felony, and under certain conditions, the prosecution can press for the death penalty. However, since Tyler is 17 at the time of the crime, it meant that under Florida law, he was unable to be sentenced to death as of 2014 when he finally goes to trial. Okay. However, he could be sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Right. So that's exactly what happens. On March 20th, 2014, Tyler Hadley is sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole. Good. His defense attorneys tried to argue for two 30-year sentences with a review after 20 years. Mm-hmm. During the trial for this, the defense didn't offer any opening, so the prosecution just immediately began calling witnesses. The first witness to the stand for the prosecution was Ryan Hadley. Tyler's brother. Oh, man, what a rough, what a rough spot. Mm-hmm. He was on the stand for nearly an hour and said that he and his brother had had a really close relationship growing up. He said, quote, if me and him weren't going somewhere together, we were in my bedroom watching a movie, watching Family Guy, doing something together, end quote. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I grew up watching Family Guy with my older brother. Yeah. So that part got to me. I was like... Yeah, that's a, just a really. I mean, for Ryan though, like terrible spot for him to be in. Mm-hmm. While on the stand, Ryan also said that his parents were very loving and generous. He testified that as Tyler had gotten older, he had begun hanging around with a bad crowd. He had been known to steal his parents' debit cards and at time take his father's truck keys without his permission. Ryan said, "Quote: He started sneaking out a lot. He would go out the back door or go out his window." Sometimes they would catch him, sometimes they wouldn't, end quote. At the end of his testimony, Ryan was asked what he wants to see happen to his brother, which I think is a horrible question. Yeah, how are you supposed to answer answer that? Yeah. He says, quote, I guess what I want is for him to get the maximum penalty possible, which I understand is life in prison without the possibility of parole, end quote. Jeez. Judge Robert R. Makemson stated that this crime was brutal, heinous, as well as premeditated. He actually accused Tyler Hadley of manipulating psychiatric experts during the trial and lying about hearing voices, because that was the defense, is that he had been hearing voices. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> From a defense perspective. Mm-hmm. So the state attorney who was trying Tyler's case, who was the prosecution, when he got asked if they were going to go for life without parole or something shorter, like make a plea deal with the defense... He said, quote, our focus is on punishment, not rehabilitation. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They were coming at this kid as much as they could. Right. I mean, that's brutal. I don't knock them for it, but. Yeah. So there's this thing that we've talked about in previous episodes that happened in 2012. That Supreme Court ruling stating that 
minors are banned from receiving life sentences without the chance of parole. Uh-huh. So Tyler gets granted a resentencing because of this. Right. Because he was... Because he was 17. He was a minor. Mm-hmm. And they had to backlog, yep. So in April of 2016, Tyler gets his resentencing. Tyler makes statements at this resentencing, which he is 24 now. Mm-hmm. He says, quote, In the past, I have lied and tried to manipulate. I lost the trust of those closest to me. I made the decision several years ago that I don't want to be that person anymore. I strive daily to better myself. What I can tell you is how sorry I am, how I wish it never happened. I'm sorry to my brother, my grandparents, and the rest of my family and my parents' friends. I'm sorry that I took them away from you, end quote. Yeah. And yeah, you, you should be. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like I said, he's 24 now. Uh, he is resentenced to life in prison, this time with the possibility of parole. Okay. Since being incarcerated, Tyler has been continuing his education. He passed his GED. He scored a 2100 on the SAT test. It's stated that he reads all day, recommending to his friends, quote, the Harry Potter books and anything by James Patterson, end quote. And I guess he's been meeting with a priest named Father Michael. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, he's found religion in prison, which everyone seems to do. Mm-hmm. And he and Tyler has expressed the desire to become and Tyler has expressed a desire to become ordained once he gets out of jail. Okay. He is currently incarcerated at the Okeechobee Correctional Institution in Okeechobee, Florida. Okay. All right. So there are a couple other little tidbits though. So this enough of a roller coaster so far? There's one more loop-de-loop. So since Tyler was a minor at the time of him practically becoming an orphan, because he had no mother and father, even... Yeah, he orphaned himself. Even though he orphaned himself because his brother was not a minor, Ryan gained custody of him. Holy shit, that's weird. Ryan became legal guardian of his minor brother. Okay. Can you imagine? Your younger brother takes the life of your parents, and you're responsible for him now. Good God, that's a weird situation. So Ryan said that trying to handle all of these things, you know, his parents being murdered by his younger brother nonetheless, and losing his brother, really. Right. Because his brother is going away for life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was all way too much for him to be like an unbiased, logical guardian for his brother so he signs the parental rights away to another family member i think it was a cousin weird that's a weird thing Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have even thought of that yeah so the house where all of this took place the hadley house was demolished in 2015 so because the payments weren't made and things like that obviously because no one lives there to make them the house ended had ended up going to the u.s bank who owned it And as the bank started to renovate it to sell, they allegedly then found out what had happened and stopped everything and decided to demolish the place. They took out all the new appliances that they had just put in and hired a demolition expert to take it all down. The demolition expert, when interviewed about it, says that there were still paint cans in the house, 
that they had literally dropped everything and backed out. The demolition expert was asked, what is it like to demolish a house with this type of history? And he said, quote, it's a little dramatic to think that someone was murdered in the house you're tearing down, end quote. Yeah. And then since all of this, Ryan has written a book about his life before and mostly after the incident, trying to heal from all of the trauma that this created. Mm -hmm. And we'll put the link in our show notes if you want to read more about it. It's called A Thousand Fireflies. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that is the full story of Tyler Hadley murdering his mother and father. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Yep. That's about all I have to say about that. I know. That was nuts. Mm -hmm. I can't believe, like, I just really wanted to him to get arrested you're always keeping me on my toes with these cases and stuff and also i'm surprised at how big the case was mm-hmm. yet i still have not heard of it i know and i, I mean i don't know anything i know like the like the biggest ones <laughs> like that's it i know i think you know like bundy gacy Dahmer. yeah like all BTK, the, the, the all of those all of the really big ones you know i had never even heard of this one crazy yeah that's weird mm-hmm. yeah so that is part two to stay up to date on everything at late night murder you can follow us on facebook and instagram at late night murder podcast as well as twitter at ln murder podcast and you can hear sound clips from our patreon episodes as well as other things on our tiktok at late night murder podcast thank you so much for your reviews they're fantastic as always and if you haven't rated us five stars yet why not on, go do it you don't you don't even have to say anything the stars are for them and the, and the words are for us so yep. to buy us a coffee or join our patreon for those exclusive bonus episodes and more head on over to patreon.com slash late night murder podcast you can listen to late night murder podcast on apple podcast spotify audible or wherever you get your podcast from hey guys join us next week as we go into a case that is back in the headlines after 30 years we will see you on thursday All right. Bye, guys. Bye.